broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's time for Chattanooga Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good afternoon. You are tuned in to Chattanooga Business Radio, brought to you by Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live here on episode two of the day. We got a wonderful lineup full of some great guests, so hope you stick with us for some compelling conversation. I'd like to introduce our first guest. He is Graham Brindemeyer, Principal Consultant with Reality AM Partners. How are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good. You? Pretty good. Uh, thank you for joining us. Tell us, what does Reality AM Partners do for the world? Yeah, sure. So we're uh, kind of a specialty consulting firm. It's really just a uh, a really small team, just a one-man show for the most part, and uh, then bring in experts uh, from across the country I'm connected with on projects that I need to, largely consulting with uh, medium size manufacturers around uh, applications using additive technology inside there. So you said a one-man show. You're the whole show, I guess, right? That's that's a lot of the consulting work is independent, unless it's uh, like a engineering consulting project where I need somebody who's Mm -hmm. a little more in-depth on materials or something of that nature. How long have you been in business? Uh, so that firm itself has only been around for about a year, but I've been in additive uh, in one way or another for about the last six years. Okay, so yeah, tell us a little bit about your backstory. What brought you to this uh, industry? Yeah, sure. So actually, the high school that I went to originally got, we were probably one of the first high schools in the country to have a commercial grade 3D printer. Uh, so when I was de- learning CAD for the first time, I was learning to design for 3D printing, which was definitely a, a huge advantage that I had. Uh, carried that interest into college, went for a mechanical and electrical engineering degree, and uh, uh, but realized quickly that there wasn't really a good uh, university-level program for additive out there. So I started finding companies in my region that were working with uh, additive manufacturing and asking them if I could come in and see how they were doing what they were doing because I was really interested in it, and I never got told no. So I got a, a really good uh, education across a lot of different technologies, eventually met up with uh, some people who, who run the world's largest uh, consumer-facing service bureau, which prints thousands of parts a day. And uh, they didn't have anybody in-house that had worked with the spectrum of materials and, and uh, print technologies that I had and ended up hiring me a couple weeks later. Got a lot of great experience there. Uh, developed some new printing technologies, some ceramic printing processes that ended up leading to me having a lot of consulting opportunities. And uh, when it came time to either move to New York or, uh, you know, stay in Chattanooga, which was, was what the option ended up being because they wanted me there full time. I ended up staying here and decided to build out the consulting work. And so now I've got clients all over the country. So yeah, who are these clients? Who, who are the ones who call you and, and get you to come out there? Yeah, sure. So like I said, it's everything from local manufacturers here in town who are looking to use additive in a new way. Uh, and they want to. They, they come to me and they say, look, we've got this area in our supply chain that we've determined we think additive might be a good fit for. Can you help us qualify our, this application? And if so, you know, then determine what the best fit materials, technologies are, things of that nature. Um, but more and more, it's actually becoming uh, a service to the manufacturers of 3D printers and so and, and their investments. And so it's, hey, look, we made an investment in this company, you know, like let's say it's 3D Systems or somebody of that nature reaches out to me and says, look, we made this investment in this company. Uh, they're not able to deliver on the promises they've been making on on their whatever their thing happens to be. And uh, we need you to come in and look at their technology, figure out what we can do to actually deliver on the promises that this startup made, whether that be uh, getting parts out uh, on time or a material class that they thought they were going to open up that they weren't able to, things of that nature. Sounds like you've carved out a nice little niche for yourself, being a pioneer in this industry. Uh, and and you caught the bug at a young age, right? Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you continue to evolve and stay on that cutting edge of this 3D printer technology. Now, where do you see it evolving over the next few years and uh, into the future? 
So it's a lot of materials development, I think, is going to be the most interesting thing. I think there's a lot of great technologies already in existence that just need to be leveraged further. And even more than that, probably so, is going to be hybrid processes is what I, what I think and is going to be. Describe that for our listeners. Yeah. So what I mean by that is something that isn't solely 3D printed, but rather is 3D printed as part of a process to make something. And so whether that be uh, a pattern for a casting process or uh you're going to print part of it and then you're going to machine the other part of mm-hmm. it in, in like the world of metals, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, those types of applications are already being explored a lot more heavily, but I think they're going to continue. We, I don't think we've even started to really break into what the possibilities so, yeah, are. Yeah, so the that. future is limitless with this these options for 3D printing. We had a guy on our last episode who uses 3D printing technology for quality control in his spring manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's even learned to do it uh, in-house, uh, some of his own design work mm-hmm. and such. So bringing it, I guess, to not uh, such space-age technology, but actually more household technology for folks. And is that something you can see evolving into the future as well? Yeah, sure. So I actually saw a really interesting thing just a couple days ago, which was the Gartner hype curve, which just came out again. And, you know, we saw consumer 3D printing was still up at like the uh, the level where it was the the threshold of, of disappointment or something like that is kind of the level that that was at today. And, and uh, But then the curve of enlightenment actually shows enterprise 3D printing and that it's starting to come to fruition in a lot of big ways. And so we had a lot of major large corporations like GE and Airbus, things of that nature that have uh, set a lot of groundwork for everybody to kind of follow now. And I think we're going to see a lot more smaller manufacturers start to adopt these processes and technologies now that some of the footwork's been done and that some of the investment in the technology development it's been done. Very interesting. And we're talking with Graham Brindemeyer. He's principal consultant of Reality AM Partners. You're based right here in Chattanooga. And uh, I see you were recently published a 2015 edition of the Warlers Report. Uh, what was that like, getting recognized for your hard work? Yeah, so that was pretty, uh, pretty great to, to actually be published in that work. It's something that I'm a big fan of the actual publication itself and, and love reading it. Um, it was, it was great to be included in it this year. Uh, I think this is probably, it is the largest year for contributors. I think there are about 75 of us that contributed to the report this year, maybe a little more than that. And it was also the 20th anniversary of the report. So it was a pretty cool year to be included. And I'm hoping I get to be included again this coming year. Well, keep up the good work and the hard work. And I'm sure you'll continue to get recognized for that. Uh, but where do you see your company growing from here? Are you going to add some more staff? Are you looking to just do more consulting work on your own? Or what's kind of the future for Reality AM Partners? Yeah, sure. So uh, actually, currently doing some internal technology development, some new print technologies with uh, a class of materials that is yet to be introduced to the world of additive. So we look for that yeah, coming this year, maybe later next year. Yeah, maybe maybe middle of next year, start to hear more about that currently going through some investment things with that. Right. And, and so since you're an entrepreneur yourself, any advice you may give to some of those young entrepreneurs out there or maybe old entrepreneurs are looking to get out of the corporate world and, uh, um, and, and start their own venture? What, what are some lessons you learned along the way? Well, I mean, it is still definitely a little bit like the Wild West in the 3D printing world and that there are a lot of things that are yet to be explored just because uh, there wasn't a lot of money being put into it. And now that we have major uh, brands putting money into it and we have companies like Autodesk coming out with funds specifically to try to develop it, it is a good time to get involved with it. There's a lot of ways to uh, pull value from the industry, so to speak. But uh, I would think you, you definitely want to land on the enterprise side of that and not the consumer side of that marketplace is, is kind of my personal opinion. I think there will be continue to be a growing consumer market uh, for 3D printing, but I, I think that a lot of the larger, you know, more immediate opportunity lies in industrial still. Right. And was there anyone along the way who helped mentor you or guide you or gave you some uh, good business advice that you continue to use today? 
Yeah, sure. So my dad was a uh, mechanical engineer at General Motors, a senior plant engineer at the Fort Wayne plant up in Indiana, where I'm from. And uh, he's actually the reason why I got into 3D printing. Aside from school, before the school got the commercial grade printer, we had always had magazines sitting around with advertisements for them in it. And I was always intrigued reading about those. And uh, the other great thing that really happened was, uh, you know, ended up getting connected to Terry Wollers, who's really well known in the industry for his work. And uh, since I've met him about a year and a half or so ago, Go. He's actually been really good about mentoring me uh, as I can, you know, move into my consulting work, and he sometimes passes jobs my way, things of that nature. And, and we we do see this all the time with the interviews we do here on Business Radio X. Uh, people being mentored by their father or mother it, it really were the inspiration behind them to continue the good work they had set out in the world, and then you're just uh, taking the baton and running with it yourself. It sounds like. So that's good. So, and I see you moved to Chattanooga in 2014 uh, to help uh, form and run America's first 3D printing business accelerator, Gig Tank. Tell mm-hmm. us about that experience. Yeah, sure. So that was a really interesting experience. We we did something that was completely new. I think for uh, we definitely confirmed in North America, but I think it's probably actually the first in the world of its kind to do what it did. And uh, we had some really interesting teams come through the program. It was a really it was a really good challenge. It was something different that I wasn't used to at all, um, and it definitely made me exercise all of my skill sets that I had available to me. Uh, excited about the program that we did this year and the continuation of that and where it's headed. It might actually uh, eventually kind of maybe break out into a little bit of its own programming uh, as its own little accelerator program. And so we focus on something that's different than pretty much all the other investment firms in the industry right now, which is we focus on companies that are not asking the question of how much of something can we 3D print or can we 3D print a thing? We look for companies that are coming to us with an application where they're saying additive is very good at doing X for X process, and uh, because that's where that's where a lot of the, that's kind of the sweet spot right now. No, it sounds like you're right there in the middle of it all. And uh, talk to us a little bit about the Chattanooga business culture here. What makes it so great, and, and why do you see this community just you know booming so uh, so so well right now? Yeah, sure. So I mean, all the at least from the startup perspective, um, you know, everybody's been extremely good to to work with, and you know, and some of the other people that we have here around this table right now, both Modern Tech and Nova Copy, being willing to support the program in the ways that they have uh, through equipment contributions, uh, you know, being able to reach out to them about materials, parts, all those different things have been extremely helpful. Um, and it's going to continue to be helpful, I think. Uh, but the other side of that is really just, you know, we have companies that are doing similar materials research here in town, and they're just really willing to reach out and say, look, yeah, we already played with that material, and here's the result that we got. You mm-hmm. should, you know, either be, you know, A, not spend time there, B, you know, spend some time on that. Now, this is our second go-around here on Chattanooga Business Radio, and uh, we just think that this culture here, the community here, it, it's small enough, but smart enough to kind of work together and really help each other succeed, and which in turn will help the entire community, uh, you know, flourish with, uh, you know, all the different industries that are going on here. And it sounds like you are, you know, the go-to guy for the um, for the additive um, manufacturing. So, um uh, thank you for joining us here today on Chattanooga Business Radio. If listeners want to get in touch with you or learn more about your services, how would they do so? Yeah, sure. So I have a website, Reality AM Partners. If they want to contact me, there is a contact form on that website, or they can reach out directly at realityampartners at gmail.com. And if I am not the right person for you to be talking to, I certainly know the right people to point you to. That's good to know. <laughs> and uh, just take your business hat off for a moment. When you're not working, when you're not changing the world of additive manufacturing, what do you like to do in your spare time? Uh, travel when I can. Uh, just I'm trying any, to see everything. Any favorite travel destinations that you either dreamed to go to or recently visited? Uh, 
I really had a good time in Jamaica. Oh. <laughs> I don't know anybody who did not have a good time in Jamaica. So uh, third third time goer. So, so you're, you're so I've never been. I, should I go? It, it's worth the trip. Where should I visit Jamaica? First of all, it's everywhere you want you want to get you want to get inland. Uh, you okay. know as well. You know you really want to get to kind of kind of see the culture of the area and eat some of the local food things like that. Okay, well that it definitely is on my short list for places to travel. So uh, thank you again, Graham Brindemeyer, for joining us. You can reach out to him at Reality AM Partners, uh, or you can follow him on. Tri- Twitter, I see, at G-R-A Brindemeyer uh, for more information so you can stay connected to the additive manufacturing world. Thanks again for joining us. All right. Up next on Chattanooga Business Radio, we are going to speak with Keith Campbell, president of 3D Operations, Inc. Good afternoon, Keith. Good afternoon. Thank you for uh, having us on. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory. Are you from the area? I originally was from uh, the Chattanooga, Cleveland area here in Tennessee, left for way over 20 years my wife won't let me tell you exactly how many years that was but uh, um, uh, I was gone with IBM and retired from IBM and Siemens at the end of uh, 98 and came back home and uh, have been around Chattanooga to watch this uh, renaissance happen in a town that was really bad that's why I left a long time ago it was terrible but it's such a beautiful place to be now yeah let's let's start off right there the Chattanooga business culture it's not where it was five years ago ten years ago and uh, and today I mean I'm just blown away by some of the smart people and and just entrepreneurial spirit that's here in this town and and what are your thoughts on that Well, when I first came back in uh, 99 and 2000, we started having meetings here, uh, community-wide meetings, to figure out how to actually attract young people. We We trained a lot of great people. We have wonderful schools here, always have. We trained our young people, and I was one of them, and as soon as I graduated, I was gone. I was out of here, and every that seemed to be the theme. How do we attract the people that we have and others to come to our town? Um, we weren't even talking entrepreneurial world at that time. It was just how do we keep our own and maybe attract some more? And we realized that we had to take over downtown again. We had to make it something wonderful, have a city center that was great for people to live in in the evening, not just come to an office building and then right. escape immediately. And it has just continued to grow But us taking back. We've got a beautiful place to live right on the river, and we've taken the river back. It was just an industrial thing mm-hmm. around us uh, that we wished we had back when I was growing up. And now it's something that we have life around, and everything revolves around that. That's great. There is a beautiful downtown here in Chattanooga, and in the scenery and the outdoor you know, opportunity here. Um, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to move here to Chattanooga and live, work, and play. Well, we have mixed feelings because we do know we have a great place. We want to attract uh, the right kind of attention, but the more attention we... more people seem to be coming here and staying, so yeah. it's a, a kind of a, a mixed blessing there. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so let's talk about 3D operations and uh, what's going on over there. What do you do for folks? Or 3D ops, I should say, right? Well, it's 3D operations, okay. Inc. is the official name. We go by 3D ops. Okay. So yeah, what, what's, uh, what are you guys doing out there? Well, uh, as Graham mentioned uh, about Gig Tank, and you talked a few minutes ago about Gig Tank, we kind of started in Gig Tank last year, and we came together and uh, formed a company, and we wanted to do something more with 3D printing than just make Yoda heads, because everybody <laughs> wanted to make Yoda heads on the on the 3D printers, yeah. and how many Yoda heads does the world need anyway? <laughs> uh, we're, we don't want to answer that question, but we really wanted to do something that gave back with it, and it, and it was a great technology set of technologies that was continuing to grow but we wanted to do something very special and that ended up being 
that we're taking patients, uh, MRIs, CT scans, PET scans, whatever, imaging that's been around for a long time, and taking those files and converting them to 3D printable files. And we've got a patented process that converts those files to 3D printable files. Then we customize it by working directly with the surgeons in pre-surgical, for pre-surgical planning. We work with the surgeons and customize the 3D print to exactly what they need so that they can get ready prior to surgery instead of waiting and doing the trial and error process when a patient's laying on the operating table, they can actually do a lot more preparation by being able to hold the actual print, the patient's print. It's their heart or their kidney or whatever the anatomy is. It's theirs, and they can actually plan and even practice surgery before they walk into the OR great savings on many fronts. Interesting. So it's not like you're practicing on um, a generic kidney from, you know, med school or even a pig's heart, which you may have done in in chemistry lab or, you know, biology class. This is actually an MRI of the patient's organ transferred into a 3D format um, that they can actually touch, see, feel, practice operations on um and so that so is it for the doctor that's going to purchase this or is it the hospital would purchase it for the doctor uh you know who would be the client of 3d ops great question uh the payer uh if you will outside of the insurance companies are the hospitals and they have uh they actually pay for anything that goes along with the surgeon Mm -hmm. and give to the surgeon for surgery the or room everything about it so the agreement the uh business deal if you will the subscription that they would get from us is with the hospital and then each particular model that we do for each individual surgery, uh, that surgical department that uh, is responsible for that would take care of that. And how long does that process take? So when you have the MRI and you put it onto the 3D printer or you know, the development of all the design work, how, how long does that take? Absolutely great question. That's one of the big reasons why the world needs 3D ops. Um, what happens today and has happened in the past is that if a teaching hospital, and there are about 400 teaching hospitals in the United States, um, out of those teaching hospitals, if they want to do a 3D print, and some of them try it, they actually have to find someone that knows how to take the images correctly, and that's a science in and of itself. It's not just taking a generic uh, CT scan or, or MRI. You have to know the protocols and the settings and how to do that correctly, so it can be converted to a 3D printable file. But then you have to find somebody that can take that file and then segment it and make it into a 3D printable in, uh, digital file. Once they do that, then you have to find somebody that has, like Graham, that you can't find uh, in most towns, has the capability and understanding of how to take that file and then customize it for the way a surgeon would do uh, would want and then print it directly for them and then get it to their hand uh, back into the surgeon's hands most people don't have and hospitals don't have that competency and they certainly don't have the money to pay for those resources that they need 3d ops basically what we do is take that away we take all those obstacles away for the hospital and they just come directly to us then we have a patented process that converts those files and then we can print them very very quickly uh that whole process for us takes within hours we're talking 24 hours or less i'm here thinking in my mind like a week's you know you're you're saying it could be done a call in the morning that afternoon it could be ready well in the world of uh, surgery 
and trauma especially, you don't have days and weeks. Some surgeries you do plan, and mm -hmm. that, that makes it a little easier. But for the trauma cases, uh, you have to move very quickly. And if you can't get it in the surgeon's hands quickly enough to where they can do the pre-planning, it's useless. Now, that's a good point. So we're talking with Keith Campbell. He's president of 3D Ops, 3D printing company focused on health care. Their passion is to enhance patient outcomes with 3D printing patient-specific models for pre-surgical planning. With the patient's model in their hands, the surgeon can hold, examine, plan, and even practice the surgery all before going to the operating room. So this is available now for those folks out there who need it. Actually, today is a great day to probably share some great information. Uh, no one's ever done a full hospital study uh, and pilot program to study all the many pieces of this, this big puzzle. And uh, we just came to an agreement yesterday for a, with a local hospital, and we're going to be doing that for all their surgical departments as well as all the HIPAA issues within their hospital. So it's going to be a, a, an amazing telling uh, analysis of how 3D printing is going to really impact health care and especially surgery. So you can sign up today and get some information on that. And we're looking at a model I think you made on your 3D printer. In my mind, too, I was thinking it's going to be a hard plastic thing, but this looks like a real textured uh, you know, model of that patient's heart. Talk to us about some of the source material that you're using for this 3D printing. Sure. This particular uh, heart uh, that we have here is an amazing uh, example of 3D printing uh, and all the things that 3D Ops does. This is from actually a young girl that uh, was 16, and they took her MRI. Uh, I think this was a CT scan, actually. They took a CT scan uh, of her heart, and they were able to convert it to 3D printing, uh, a 3D printable file. This particular uh, model has different colors, as you can see. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see through part of it. Uh, you can see inside to the heart. Uh, and uh, some of the arterial uh, parts of it are a lighter color. Then you have you know, different colors that are uh, there in it. Being able to do color in 3D printing has been a, a, a challenge, to say the least. This particular model has three different materials, different durometers of multiple multiple of those uh, materials and then multicolors. So this is really taking uh, the normal 3D printing and putting it on steroids. This is one of the latest and greatest capabilities that we all have in the 3D printable and, and what are those three materials that are in this particular product? I'm going to go back to Graham on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you got any thoughts on that, Graham? I don't know what their uh, what the uh, the manufacturer name for mm -hmm. the materials are going to be, right. but he might know the manufacturer's <laughs> names of them, but these are these are going to be uh, acrylate-based, mostly okay. photopolymers that are sprayed down layer by layer. Right. Uh, but it comes droplets. out to like a rubberized it's, texture, uh, something like this. It's, it's yeah. not a natural material. It's photo. Yeah, it's photopolymer. It gets polymerized by UV light during the. Yeah, Kevin, process. you got some thoughts on that? Yes. What we did was we took the CT scan what Keith had given to us, and we brought it into our printer. We were able to basically take each one of these and do a different durometer in a different color. So therefore, when the surgeon is actually taking a look at what he has to do in order to perform the surgery, it's very realistic. So when he is in the surgery, like Keith was saying, there's no surprises from that standpoint. So basically, like what Graham was saying, this is a photopolymer. It is a rubber-like material, and you can control the hardness of that particular material as well. Okay, well, good. Thank you for your input on that, and we're definitely going to learn more from you here in a moment. Uh, but uh, turn our attention right back to Keith here at 3D Ops, President. Um, so what's in the future for you guys? What's uh, on the horizon, and how are you going to continue to change the world? Well, uh, as I mentioned, we're about to begin the uh, pilot, and that's about a four- to six-month pilot. 
the lessons that we're going to learn, the quantification and the proof of the concept uh, through that process is going to be amazing. The setting of protocols for the images to be taken uh, and what surgeries rise to the top are going to be some of the major kinds of lessons we learn and many other small ones inside of that. Somewhere around four months from now, we're going to go ahead and go out to market directly to hospitals and start uh, growing and hopefully uh, extend on across the country uh, uh, very quickly. Hopefully so. And if you come down to the Atlanta area, which I know we have a big hospital community, make sure you visit one of the Business Radio X studios in town there and continue to share all the success stories um, that you're that you're doing there. So uh, remind our listeners how they can find out more information about yourself, about your company, or 3D Ops uh, in general. Sure. Uh, obviously, the first place to go is our website, 3dops.co. It's not com, it's .co. So that'll make it a little easier. Hopefully, if uh, I just leave the M off, uh, you can find and get in contact with us on that uh, through that website very easily and of course we have the twitter sites and the facebook sites right and well. your twitter is at 3d ops so make sure you're following there or look for 3d ops on facebook uh, so stick around keith uh, we're going to do a few more interviews here chime in if you got some thoughts but uh, thank you so much for joining us well, thank you for having me all right i want to remind our listeners you're listening to chattanooga business radio brought to you by business radio x make sure you're following us on twitter at business radio x or hashtag chattanooga business Radio. And coming up next on Chattanooga Business Radio is Melissa Ragsdale. She is president of 3D division at Nova Copy Inc. How are you doing, Melissa? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? I am wonderful. This has been a great learning experience. I've never been exposed so much to 3D printing in my life, but uh, I'm so glad that uh, all th- y'all are here today to share your great knowledge about this subject. So uh, tell us about Nova Copy Inc. Uh, Nova Copy is uh, headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee, but we do have a local office here in Chattanooga. And uh, we are one of the local providers for not only 2D copier technology, but also 3D printers. We represent about six different additive manufacturing technologies, everything from plastic all the way to metals. Uh, And that makes my job a whole lot of fun because (laughs) I get to work with a wide variety of clients and meet a lot of great people, uh, including the individuals in this room. And uh, get to, I'm given the opportunity to experience a whole lot of, um, whole lot of manufacturing. Well, you're too kind. And uh, what about your backstory? What brought you into this uh, technology world? Did you grow up uh, loving 3D printing like Graham, or did you come about it later in life? I am definitely what you would call a late bloomer. Okay. Uh, I actually came through college with a marketing degree and was um, had a, a great turn in my life and in my career at the ripe old age of 30. <laughs> I landed a job working for a, a CAD reseller, a SolidWorks reseller, that also happened to sell 3D printers. That was my first exposure. Uh, to uh, both the software and the hardware side of our industry and uh, realized while there uh, during my 10-year tenure that I absolutely loved it and apparently reading my father's popular mechanics um, magazines when I was a child actually did rub off on me and then I have a much more of a mechanical mind than I realized so I found my passion and uh, here I am now 13 years later and uh, this is what I do and you're loving every minute of it right every second of it right and so I mean how many kinds of 3d printing are there 
Well, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I often tell people 3D printing is really a term that the media latched on to. Uh, it's much more uh, friendly to the mouth to say 3D printing versus additive manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we often will uh, give that an acronym and call it AM. Um, I believe in academia, there's there's some debate about how many official types of additive manufacturing exist. I would venture a guess. I would say somewhere between 11 and 15. Graham might, might want to dispute that. But um, there are often uh, some primary patent, patents that are recognized, and then there are variants of that. So there's a lot of dis- heated discussion in the industry about what is a true additive technology versus a variant. So it's not really about the, the printer itself. It's about the, the substrate that the printer is using. Very much so. The, it's, uh, it's about materials. It's about its uh, ability, how quick it prints. Uh, it's about the technology that it uses to fuse the material together. It, it all starts with the object. Uh, whenever we work with clients, whenever we work with someone who's interested in using this technology, it always begins with what kind of parts do you want to make and what do you want to do with them? That is the beginning point of everything. And I think uh, often people, we are so conditioned to focus on the equipment side and focus on what the machine can or can't do. And that's really not where we have we have to direct folks to look at the parts first. And we learned in our earlier episode talking about 3D printing that, uh, and I wasn't aware of this, but some of this uh, uh, materials that is being sourced are plant-based materials. Very much so. The materials are, uh, as Graham indicated earlier, going through a, a great change. Uh, and we expect to see a lot of evolution in that uh, arena. Um, there are many individuals that are, are looking to produce materials that, uh, as we talked about earlier, a tactile feedback. Uh, we're looking for biodegradable materials. We're looking to, um, you know, there's been a great move in our country to move away from plastic. And many of the most common 3D printers use plastics. So there's a push now to move away from plastics into other materials that are environmentally friendly, that are sustainable, um, but still accomplish the goal uh, of the object that we want to produce. And where is this research taking place on the new additives that are out there? Is that doing at Novacopy? Are there all other companies and industries out there kind of finding out these new uh, resources to use? There are companies and industries all over this country, and it's not always, uh, sometimes it is a, a, a person who uh, happens to be a, a, a garage scientist. Uh, they see an opportunity in the marketplace for a material, and no one else uh, that they've been able to find on the internet is doing it. So they will embark down that path, and invariably they bubble up in places like Chattanooga because we attract those kinds of individuals. We attract people who are looking to push uh, the envelope of the technology and, and are willing to contribute to the ecosystem as it is. Oh, that's great. And so the use of 3D printing, is sounds like it's still evolving. Uh, some of the technology is just now catching up to uh, the sourcing materials. Um, but what are some of the other challenges that you experience uh, at Novacopy that uh, we need to overcome uh, to take 3D printing to the next level? I would say our number one challenge that we address is simply uh, a lack of knowledge and education. Uh, we do an enormous amount of uh, events, uh, not just marketing events, educational events, teaching people not only the basics of the technology, but moving into the intermediate and the advanced levels of what it is and how it works and what are the pros and cons of the different technologies? What are the pros and cons of the materials? What's coming down the pipeline in the next five years that we expect to see? Uh, We actually developed what we call a 3D university where we teach classes. We get a wide variety of individuals uh, from all over the area that come in and we sit them down in front of a laptop and in front of a 3D printer and actually walk them through designing their own part and then they 3D print it all on their own. And the goal there is simply to give them the confidence that when they leave the building that day, they know they can do it. They understand now the software
software. They understand the hardware side. They understand the limitations of it. They've been introduced to the mm-hmm. technology. And that's been extremely well received. Oh, that's good. And so going forward, uh, from what I hear from you, is that 3D printing could potentially reshape and change our society as we know it. Very much so. I think um, we as a as an industry have, have historically been what I would call a passive consumer. Uh, we will go out and, and go purchase things and, and look for uh, answers to solutions based on uh, what's available in a marketplace. And 3D printing is really putting the power of creativity in the user's hands. And we now are active consumers. We can participate in the problem solving and not just going out and buying it. We can design it and make it ourselves. And we're seeing that from third grade school children uh, all the way up to senior citizens that are retired and and are discovering a second, third, or fourth career. And and don't you think this this could create or throw a curveball to some of these large manufacturers out there, especially the plastics manufacturers? Very much so. You know, if you can, you know, develop a technology that's eco-friendly, easy to produce, um, it's going to put them out of business. No, I would disagree with that. I think that uh, the technology, uh, they are also um, adopting the technology as well. Um, Yes, it's going to change what the supply chain looks like, but for um, the direction that it changes, uh, for any element of it that disappears, there are new elements that will be born as a result of the technology. Right. So they need to adopt this technology and embrace it. And they already are. That's good. Right. And especially, uh, you know, I keep coming back to the, the reusable um, or the biodegradable mm-hmm. additives in the manufacturing process. I mean, that's really going to take us uh, into the future as, you know, the new generation grows up. They're looking, for, you know, to rid the world of plastics or things that have a, you know, a thousand year shelf life and that kind of thing. So uh, we certainly hope that uh, 3D printing can help raise awareness to the general consumer, but also to the large manufacturers to to adopt this technology. Uh, remind our listeners, you're listening to Chattanooga Business Radio. We're talking with Melissa Ragsdale. She serves as president of the 3D division of Nova Copy Inc., a company that represents a wide variety of 3D technology, including printers, scanners, print services, and educational programs. Uh, so what about the educational programs? Talk to us about that department. Um, well, on that arena, it's uh, the 3D University, which we talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, that is an area that we're seeing tremendous growth. Uh, many times, um, it started out really, we, we just saw a need in the marketplace uh, to share that knowledge. And uh, once we began to offer the classes, we, we began to say different, see different segments of, of uh, individuals that would appear. Sometimes it was your garage entrepreneur. Other times it was an existing business owner who was looking to add uh, some variety to his business with a new product. Uh, other times uh, it's a teacher who works for a school system and, and they are the champion internally for driving this technology uh, to get it into the schools and get it into the programs. And, and they know they don't know so they look to us to help educate them right. so we leverage that in that in that right way. if you can teach them while they're young to embrace this technology and learn about 3d printers who knows where they'll take it when their time comes into the in the business world i mean when i was a kid i don't think there was even color copiers there was just black and white xerox machines and look where we are today um and so that's definitely uh, good that you know nova copy is embracing the educational part um and teaching everybody you know the consumers and the youngsters out there about 3d printing so um, any other information you want to share about 3D printing or um, some inside info that you have on, on uh, that we have not already discussed here? 
Um, I think one of the things that I think if I had to share one thing, I would tell folks who if you've not experienced number one, you need to you need to go research it and learn a little bit about it and see what's out there in the market. And and then uh, don't be afraid of it. I think so many times we we allow technology to intimidate us. And uh, I think we have all now been somewhat conditioned via the Android phones and the iPhones that technology doesn't have to be intimidating. And many times if we're willing to just um, commit the time and, and commit the effort, um, we will realize that it, it's not intimidating. It's something that's useful. Uh, it's something that uh, gives us a, a potentially a new hobby or a new business. Uh, and it's also something that we can use to change the world with. So uh, that would be uh, that, that's uh, that's definitely a, a good takeaway. Gr- great insight there. But is 3D printing expensive? Can it cost a lot of money? Um, I, you know, it depends on the technology that you are looking at. Um, there are machines on the market today that you can find for $200. Really? And then there are machines that are multi-million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I often tell people you need to decide what kind of user you want to be. Are you someone who likes to tinker with things? Are you someone who wants to understand how something functions and how it works? If so, then there's a machine out there for you and you can tinker with it all day long. Or you may be someone like me who prefers to go buy a box off the shelf and un- unpack it, throw the directions one way, throw the box the other, plug it up and it magically works. Those types of machines are available for you to, as well. So it is becoming affordable to the general consumer out there if, if you need it. Very much so. We uh, we did uh, see and continue to see uh, families that are coming in to buy 3D printers for uh, other family members as birthday presents or Christmas presents. Uh, we are beginning to see an uptake of the machines in the home. And it's not just for making toys. It's for making uh, replacement components, for example, to a refrigerator. I happen to have shower curtain rings upstairs uh, from a, a um, wonderful teenage daughter who had an unruly moment. Mm-hmm. So I had to replace some shower curtain rings. And, and you did that on a 3D printer? I sure did. Went out on the internet and, and found the file that I thought would uh, would work for my application and was able to print it. It's in uh, a lovely neon green. Wow. It doesn't match my decor, but it works like a charm. And so you're a garage tinkerer yourself. I am absolutely <laughs> a garage tinkerer. Uh, that's well, that's right. good. Well, you're the type of uh, person who's going to change the world of 3D 3D printing when you're doing it in your off time just for the the home uh, you know involvement that's great so um, again Melissa Ragsdale president 3D Nova Copy and so when you're not out there changing the 3D printer world what do you like to do in your off time to kind of take your mind off things and get refocused. One of my uh, unique guilty pleasures, one of my primary guilty pleasures, is actually riding motorcycles, sport bikes. Is that right? So, yes. Okay, going mm-hmm. through the mountains, on the curvy on roads. On the twisties, yeah. absolutely. Well, I'm, a, I'm a little fun. bit of an adrenaline junkie, oh. so that's a, a good hobby. I was just out uh, doing that uh, two weekends ago in North Carolina. Very so. nice. Well, if you can figure out a piece to make on your 3D printer that can go on your motorcycle. Already have it. Oh. I have some carbon fiber parts printed on a carbon <laughs> fiber printer Doesn't that we surprise have. me whatsoever. And so, and, uh, and before before you wrap up here, how about your thoughts about the Chattanooga business community? Um, have you seen it evolve through the years? And, uh, you know, what's it doing um, special that some other cities are not doing? Um, you know, Chattanooga is an exceptional city. I will tell you, I am uh, originally from Richmond, Virginia, and currently live in Knoxville and travel down here quite often uh, to manage my business. And I have been uh, welcomed with open arms into this community, into this community, the city itself, as well as the additive community down here. And uh, the culture here is is very creative. Uh, it's very open. It's very um, collaborative. And uh, if you are an individual 
individual who is looking to start a business, if you are an individual who is looking for a city that believes in being outdoors and doing things together and changing the world, Chattanooga is where you want to be. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Melissa Ragsdale, Chattanooga is the place to be. If folks want to find out more about Nova Copy Inc. or yourself, how would they do so? Uh, Nova Copy can be found, of course, on the internet. Our web address is novacopy3d.com, or I can be reached directly at my email address, melissa.ragsdale at novacopy.com. And I also see you're on Twitter, Mel Ragsdale 3D. That's right. And you're on LinkedIn, too, Melissa Ragsdale 3D. So I guess you're the queen of 3D. Hey, it's my passion. So it's what I do for a living. No, I will keep up the good work. Thank you for joining us here today on Chattanooga Business Radio. And please stick around as we turn our attention here uh, to our home run guest. He is the uh, Kevin Subner. Uh, He's with ModernTech.com. How are you doing, Kevin? Doing well. How are you doing, Tom? I am great. Thank you for being so patient. Thank you for uh, you know joining us here today on Chattanooga Business Radio. Tell us about uh, Modern Tech. Well, Modern Tech, we are the leading provider of Stratasys 3D printers and SolidWorks 3D CAD, not only throughout the southeast, but throughout the east coast as well. Been in business for a little over 28 years, and I've been with Modern Tech for nine of those years. And what were you doing in a previous life? Previous life, believe it or not, I was in commercial insurance. Okay. So I was out riding the exciting lines of workers' comp, general liability, and umbrella insurance. And really, that's more or less how I stumbled into Modern Tech, Mm -hmm. uh, because I was out there riding all these commercial lines of insurance, believe it or not, going out and taking a look at manufacturing facilities, looking for loss prevention areas, understanding those processes, and that's really how I ended up at Modern Tech. And you didn't have any background in 3D printing, any uh, in, in CAD work, any architectural or design work, any of that? No engineering background whatsoever, yeah. which is a good thing or a bad thing, but I had always had gravitated the technology side of things. I've always enjoyed looking at seeing how things are essentially made out there. And that's the great thing about my previous job and also this job. It really gives you a background to see what those processes are that a lot of people out there don't understand what the process needs to be done in order for a product to be made. So you're a guy who embraces technology. Most definitely. I know, because there is a a segment of the population out there who are anti-technology. Sure. I mean, they still refuse to use email, or they refuse to have a cellular telephone, and they almost fight it. But it's it's everywhere, and you can't run from it, so you might as well embrace it. Most definitely. Yeah, no doubt. And and so now you're over there at Modern Tech, and and, um, uh, what do you think, or what are your thoughts on the current state of 3D printing uh, today? Well, 3D printing is really an exciting time. Uh, believe it or not, 3D printing's actually been around since the mid-'80s. It's been around that long. And it's very interesting. The nine years I've been with Modern Tech, I remember the first few years I was working with the company, I was really having to go out there and educate the clients on the advantages of working with 3D printing. And then as the years progress, it seems like over the last four to five years, for whatever reason, a switch has definitely turned on. And it has really come to the forefront, um, especially in manufacturing, because they're now starting to realize that 3D printing can not only help them save time, but also cost as well. And they're starting to apply this technology to their advantage. And so, when, in your opinion, would a company know when it's time to you know, have someone else do the 3D printing for them or when it's time for them to adopt their own 3D printer and start doing that work in-house? Now, that's a great question because each company is going to be different. Uh, there's going to be companies out there that are only going to do two or three prints in a year, and it doesn't make sense to really bring in one because you're not going to have an ROI from that standpoint. So it makes sense to outsource it. 
for companies, essentially, what it gives them the advantage of doing is, is bring it in-house, keep it confidential, also lets you do multiple iterations of a design. Um, it also helps reduce that manufacturing time, therefore helping them get at the products out to market quicker. So if, if you're thinking about adopting it and you see that you're going to use it more than a few times a year and you can and define a certain ROI on this, then certainly it would be time to go ahead and, and bring in that 3D printer to your, your company there. Oh, most definitely. And most companies, they'll take a look at current projects, what they have, and then they'll also start taking a look at projects, what they have coming on down through the years. and. And you also want to take a look at how many prints am I am going to be doing in a week or a monthly basis mm-hmm. and compare that to what you would normally would outsource or how long, how much it would cost you to manufacture in-house. Well, who is the ideal company for someone out there who wants to adopt a 3D printer? An ideal company, really, it could be any marketing vertical out there. Uh, it could be medical um, consumer products, commercial products, what have you. And I think the big thing is is having a solid 3D CAD foundation, somebody who understands the 3D CAD part of it. Because what you take, essentially, the way 3D printing does is it takes away all the normal nomenclature of how to design and really machine a part. 3D printing gives you such flexibility, you can throw all those rules out, essentially. You become very creative in, in your design now with 3D printing. But you also want to have the ability to where you see a bottleneck within there. And it could be a bottleneck in the prototype stage, it could be a bottleneck in the production stage, what have you. Every company has bottlenecks. So you wanna take a look at, and as consultants, we wanna go in there and try to help you and direct you. How can a 3D printer essentially help you from there? Right, and so they, if they are kind of stuck on whether they need one or don't need one, how they're gonna actually implement in their company, that's when they would call you, and Correct. you can help define that a little better for them. Correct. Okay. Yes, and, and we have various technologies, like Melissa says. We have different technologies with different printing capabilities and materials, various price ranges. So we can actually go in there and we can help them and guide them from a consultative standpoint. Hey, this may make sense for you, or you know what, this may not be best. Uh, this may not be the best situation for you. You may want to take a look at that. No, I'm learning a lot here today. You know, when I first came in and saw we were doing some 3D printing interviews. I just thought it was one department, but sure. I'm learning there's several lanes in this world, and, and not only that, but there's uh, many different applications of this, and, it, and it's only growing from there. Exactly, and you brought up a good point with departments. A lot of times what we see is the engineering people will typically want that 3D printer. What we see is what happens is other departments finds out they have a printer. The next thing they start doing is they start pinging them, hey, can you print this for me? Can you do this for me? And then it really accelerates once marketing finds out. So a big thing I try to tell my clients is, hey, go around and talk to other departments. See what, uh, see if there's any use that they could have for a 3D printer, and especially with marketing, because if you have a marketing department, more than likely they have a lot of money out there. <laughs> so they can actually help with that. They can use the 3D printer for either sales uh, uh, to give out to their sales reps or also at trade shows as well. Right, and, and as back to Melissa's point, you can have one for a couple hundred dollars or all the way to a couple million dollars. Exactly. And you've got to find out which one is best for you and your company and how you're going to implement it into your uh, everyday workflow over there. Exactly. Right, exactly. okay, good. Well, we're talking with Kevin Subner. He's business development manager with Modern Tech. He's been there for over nine years, and he helps clients design better products and accelerate manufacturing process through the additive manufacturing um, and so, uh, you know, where do you see the future of 3D printing, or what are your thoughts and insights uh, over the next five to ten years of that? Well, it's it's a very exciting time in 3D printing. The accelerated growth, like Graham was saying, now that you see 
a lot of the major companies really starting to put the dollars into it, and the manufacturers are actually starting to also put uh, start releasing some new materials and some new printers as well. And I look, for example, my nephew, he's only 26. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, and here in 10 years, it's going to completely change how 3D printing impacts everybody's lives from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's something that, um, like any other technology, is going to get Bigger, better, faster, cheaper yeah, right. technology. Just like, you know, your cell phones back in the day, you had the brick phone, Motorola phone. Nowadays, you know, it's a lot smaller, significantly more powerful than what they went on the moon. So it is something where we see that it's going to continue to grow, especially in the medical industry from that standpoint, aerospace defense, consumer products, any any industry out there is going to be having a 3D printer. Now, man, y'all got my wheel spinning over here thinking about this. You know, I might be putting down this microphone and picking up a 3D printer because it does sound like there is a great future uh, for this uh for this technology, for sure. So, um, so the applications that you may recommend to a client for the 3D printing is is across the board, anywhere from the type of additives they may be using the manufacturing to the large scale of the printer. Uh, but where do you go to get your cutting edge industry insight? Uh, is there some uh, publications that you lean on, or is there other sure. colleagues in the industry that you call on regularly? Yes, there is a significant amount of information out there on the internet. Uh, You have really websites out there that are dedicated strictly to 3D printing out there. Uh, 3D print, Mm -hmm. 3Ders.org. There's numerous ones out there that you can actually go, and they actually will update different stories throughout the day to tell you what is breaking out there. And you're constantly seeing, and that's what's exciting about this industry, you're seeing the users out there push the technology. And a lot of the stuff that we sell today was really started, like you guys had discussed earlier, from somebody in a garage. Mm -hmm. And they found a need, like, oh, this means this, this create this. So that's one thing is seeing who that next individual is out there. So any thoughts of getting a 3D printer for Christmas this year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely. Maybe for your nephew. You exactly. Know, right? He may want one put it in his garage, and he can start making things out of it. So uh, he can certainly change the world with 3D printing. Uh, so, uh, so modern tech, how can folks find you or get in touch with your company? Sure. Uh, you can go to our website, moderntech.com. You can also contact me directly at kevin.sumner at moderntech.com. And I see your company is also on Twitter, Modern Tech Mech, M-E-C-H. So you can follow them and learn more about them. And you're also on Facebook at Modern Tech Mech. So you can stay updated on all their social media doings out there. And uh, when you're not out there changing the world with 3D printing, what do you like to do in your off time or get inspired? Big thing is traveling, but uh, that's actually been put on hold for the last year because we've actually been building a house, so that's really sucked all the fun out of Here everything. in the Chattanooga area? Uh, no, I'm actually, I live in Nashville. Okay. So uh, hopefully once we get moved in here in the next month, we can get back to traveling again. Well, maybe Business Radio X can travel up to Nashville. <laughs> We'd and, love to have uh, you. Yeah, come up there and start talking to people about uh, the community, the business, um, all the technology that's happening there in Nashville. It's always been a town I love to visit. I've never been there. Um, and I, I love Chattanooga for sure. This is uh, my second visit here. I well, back when I was a kid, I came up to Chattanooga and stayed on the Choo Choo one time and <laughs> toured Ruby Falls, so that was great. So, um, But thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us here today. We wish you much success going forward in the 3D printing career that you're having and, and uh, certainly modern tech. Hopefully you guys can continue to make a huge footprint out there in helping folks adopt the 3D printing technology. And thank you to all of our guests for joining us here today on a great episode of Chattanooga Business Radio. You can find this episode and all others at businessradiox.com. 
your full bios and pictures, and uh, the audio file will be posted there for you to access after today's show. But also remind our listeners, you make sure you're following us on Twitter at Business Radio X, hashtag Chattanooga Business Radio. Until next time, thank you to Lee Cantor and Stone Payton for making all this happen. And thank you to the Incubator for hosting us here today. I'm your host, Ryan Redhawk McPherson. We will see you on the radio. Oh,